Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 31st, 2017 and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Welcome. And today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 90 starting with paragraph 3, reading through two paragraphs so it will end at the top of 91. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Elaine T., The Twelve Traditions, Robin B. And reading the text today for our study would be Lynn D. and Ashley P. The reference numbers. The reference number for yesterday's Thursday 10 a.m. meeting, that would be August 30th, is 10367. 10367. And the share ID for this morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is that would be August 31st, Thursday, 10370. 10370. The OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. As a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Elaine T. to please read the 12 steps. Star one, Elaine. Elaine T., star one. I'm sorry, am I being heard now? You are, hello. Good morning. This is Elaine T., recovered compulsive overreader from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're ready to have all these, excuse me, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Elaine T. I will now ask Robin B. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Robin B. from Missouri, a recovered uh, compulsive eater by God's grace and for his glory. And here are our traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest... Uh, I'm getting a call. I'm getting a phone call. I hope I'm still here. Um, okay, I'm reading this off of my phone, and now I've been interrupted with the phone call. Oh, my gosh. Um, can you still hear me? I sure can. Okay, I'm so sorry. Let me get this back up here. Seven. Oh, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And uh, if it makes any difference, it was a fellow trying to call me. So <laughs> um, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Robin B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book on page 90, starting with paragraph 3, which begins with, sometimes it is wise, and we'll end on the top of 91, with, for that might spoil matters. And I will ask Lindy to begin our study and reading today. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you, Melanie. Sometimes it is wise to wait till he goes on a bench. The family may object to this, but unless he is in a dangerous physical condition, it is better to risk it. Don't deal with him when he is very drunk, unless he is ugly and the family needs your help. Wait for the end of the spree, and at at least for a lucid interval. Then let his family or his friend ask you if he wants to quit for good and if he would go to any extreme to do so. If he says yes, then his attention should be drawn to you as a person who has recovered. You should be described to him as one of a fellowship who, as a part of their own recovery, tried to help others and who will be glad to talk to him if he cares to see you. If he does not want to see you, never force yourself upon him. Neither should the family hysterically plead with him to do anything, nor should they tell him much about you. They should wait for the end of his next drinking bout. You might place this book where he can see it in the interval. Here, no specific rule can be given. The family must decide these things, but urge them not to be over-anxious, for that might spoil matters. Wow, some really clear directions here today. Um, And it's just reminding me how fortunate I am. 
that I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and that I have a solution um, that I can just simply guide someone with. But I can't make anybody ready for the solution. And, you know, today I really don't spend time doing that at all. Um, I, I don't really have even the temptation to do it because I have people from A Vision for You that call and say, yes, I, I want to work these steps. Will you, do you have a time to work with me? And, you know, I'm retired. I do have a lot of time. I get to work with people that are willing to go to any extreme to do it, to recover. And it's just such a joy. We can just get in there and in six weeks we could be recovered. It's just amazing. Um, but, you know, it hasn't always been that way for me in my recovery. I've gone to face-to-face meetings where, you know, people said they wanted a sponsor, but they weren't ready. And, you know, I've tried to force them. I've tried dragging them, and it doesn't work. It causes harm all the way around. Um, so I'm just really grateful today that I do have a message to share, that this book gives me clear directions and very simple directions on how to sponsor, um, how, how, what works. And it certainly has worked in my life and continues to. And I'm so grateful um, when people, you know, when I get a sponsor and they say they don't want to sponsor, I just don't get that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm grateful to carry the message today. It is, I have never learned so much in my life about relationships and people and recovery and disease from sponsoring. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lindy. So we're going to open it up to those that would like to comment on those paragraphs. If you just came came in late, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. If you just entered the rooms here, we're reading on page 90, paragraph 3, sometimes it is wise, and ending on the top of page 91 with for that might spoil matters. Who would like to comment on those two paragraphs? John Kay. Paula D. Paula. Carrie S. Yes. Oh, Carrie. Yes. Got to. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Gina R. Hi, Gina. Leah P. D. Leah. Hi. Okay. Very good. Let's go with that. John K. Paula D. Carrie S. Gina R. and Liat T.D. Good morning, John. Good morning, Melanie. My name is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. You know, I was reading that, and especially what you get left with is, for that may spoil matters. Boy, isn't that the truth? Um, You know, one of the things about 12-step work is i got to realize I am powerless over people, places, and things. You know, I may want to help, but, you know, recovery still involves that all-important nasty word, surrender. You know, people are ready when people are ready. You know, I uh, I think the trouble with surrender is it involves people being in enough pain to be willing to go to any lengths, as it was saying there. Um, you know, in the book, and in the early days of AA, these people were in enough pain. A lot of them had lost everything. They had lost their house, their, their jobs. And, you know, when it comes to carrying the message, uh, in some respects, OA people have it harder than AA people. Well, actually, I think in a lot of places, but personal opinion. I think many of the people who need OA are often not in enough pain yet to be willing to go to any lengths. You know, I always say this disease puts me in enough pain to know I need to do something about it, but not enough pain to be willing to go to any lengths. And um, and that even includes people in OA, you know, people who've been in OA for a long time, and I was one of those, you know. When I was in my relapse, I know I was always saying, well, I'm praying for the willingness, you know. And I was at a convention where a lady said, you know, when it comes to addiction, willingness is highly overrated. And the reality is willingness comes from pain. It doesn't come from me praying for it, you know. My problem is I didn't see how much my disease had warped my thinking, you know. Not just in terms of the food, but in terms of recovery, you know. I wanted recovery in a way, but I wanted it on my terms, you know. Well, that's, that's not surrender. You know, and that willingness mantra I kept saying was my disease's way of getting me to kick the can down the road another day on actually putting food down, you know. 
And, uh, I mean, I know someone here in OA, uh, in L.A., who's you know, long-term recovery, and she always talks about her first meeting was a traditions meeting. I mean, think about it, a traditions meeting, and she's still around. That's when you know somebody is ready for program, you know. Um, and other times I've been at, at, at meetings, well, my home meeting, we ask people to introduce themselves as newcomers. And I'd see a bunch of newcomers, and then I'd see that the speaker was somebody I know who's just got the greatest recovery. And and you know what? That the speaker finishes, and I never see those newcomers again because they people are ready when people are ready. And at the end of the day, my job is to be here to be an example, talk about my recovery, what the steps in the big book have done to change my life, and then let go. You know, like I always say, I can only put the bait on the hook and drop it in the water, and from there, you know, only they and their higher power can help them bite the hook. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John. Paula D., you're next. Fire one. Thank you, Melanie, and thank you for your service. That was repeated, by the way. So you got it twice, thanks there. And this <laughs> is Paula D., covered by and with the grace of God. And uh, I'd like to come here to this place and realize we live with our dependence, and we tell our sponsees, must be on God. That's what the dependence was. So is mine. So is mine. And as was so beautifully said, we can bring a horse to water, but we can't make them drink. Well, honey, you can make them thirsty. That's all I'm to do here, make them thirsty. And I love what it says so beautifully, because if there isn't just one involved, the truth is it never is. It never is just a compulsive eater. It's all those around them, in the workplace, in the home, in the very soul of you. But then he comes here. If he does not want to see you, never force yourself upon him. It just don't work. You can give it a shot. And if anybody gets success with that, I say, well, maybe you will. I don't know. But I do know who I am, and I do know who God is. And if there's a pause here or a waiting period, I'm okay with that. Look at what it says. They should wait for the end of his next drinking bout. Really? See, I wanted him to avoid the drinking bout. Listen, if that's the answer, if that's what brings him to his knees, and that's what brought me, that's what brought me, be it a bite, be it a drink, be it a drug. So I can only share my experience, and I can only live it. But I have to tell you this part, and I'm being careful of the time because time is so important. And as we see here, it is the timing. But urge them not to be over-anxious. Top of the page, by the way, on 91. Nor me. Nor me. For that might spoil matters. I am here to live. Page 89. Bottom of the page. It isn't the heights, it's the depths. To be helpful is our only aim. Thank you for giving me this time to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Carrie S., you're next. Hi, this is Carrie S., recovered in Colorado, and so grateful to be here. Thanks, Mel, for your service. And so I'm drawn to the, the sentence, if he says yes, then his attention should be drawn to you as a person who has recovered. And I love to see that word recovered. It just reminds me in Bill's or a doctor's opinion right away where it says, you know, the 100 others appear to have recovered. And I can't force anyone's recovery. I like that notion that, that people are ready when they are ready. And I get to use attraction rather than promotion because I am claiming I'm recovered. And I, so I'm all in that I have that attitude to, to show up, be here, um, answer the calls when, and make calls. I, uh, my experience is when a phone call comes in and I'm a little tired and I've really been working my program all day, I tend to think, oh, well, I just let that one slide but it's that action of picking up the phone and listening to that person and trying to carry the message. That's then that's my solution. That gives me the freedom and just to, to work with the person and hear their stories to find out how willing they are. That's what's been helping me. And I just want to end with a little uh, side story. A few weeks ago, one of my dearest, dearest, closest uh, God squad folks, 
encouraged me. She said, share on the line, get on the line and share. And of course, like I have all this resistance, I don't want to do it, but it's just been this beautiful unfolding of other members reaching out to me and I'm building even a bigger fellowship by doing that. And so let us each get out of our comfort zones, you know, for the newcomer, get out of your comfort zone because it's the uh, uncommon sense, common sense would become uncommon sense. And this program really does work. So with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Carrie S. Gina R., you're next. Good morning, Mel. Thank you so much for your continued faithful service. This is Gina R., gratefully and feeling humbly recovered um, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. Um, it says, sometimes it is wise to wait till he goes on a binge. For me, um, my eating was really done in secret, so people didn't see me going on binges. And I don't know that this particular disease um, the regular population understands how it manifests. All I think my family knew is that I had certain personality characteristics um, that were very clear. I could um, be in command of a lot of things and be very short and controlling. And um, that's just how they always knew me. So when that got amped up, I don't think it really meant anything to them. And I was um, glad to hear um, part of the first uh, meeting this morning where uh, Leah M. described this as being, um, I think, kicked to death by a rabbit. We don't have the same kind of drama that people in other addictions have when um, like alcohol or drugs or something. And that's what was happening to me. That rabbit was kicking me to death. Um, Thankfully, I had somebody who was recovered uh, tell me about their experience. And then they let it be. They let me be to let the food beat me into a state of reasonableness. And I was able, once that day came, to understand what was going on, and then I was able to actually reach out back to them. And now I am um, living it. I feel like this is the ultimate in multi-level marketing programs. That's what my job is to uh, position myself in this recovered state and help to replicate it in others. I don't do it. I just am kind of a a transaction broker. I'm, my job is to uh, take somebody's hand when they want me to take it and guide them to their higher power and show them um, how these steps work in the first 164 pages and then watch the miracle happen. I don't get to control it. I don't get to claim it. And because I don't get to claim the miracle, I also don't get to claim the failures. It is not, that is not my job. So I'm so glad to be able to suit up, show up, and continue to um, be part of this deal. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Leah TV, you're next. Star one. Good morning, everyone. Leah TV from California. What a beautiful, everybody said already what I wanted to say. I just I love the big book and the instructions here because um, it tells me that I need to recover. Some precious uh, member of our program always says, recover, recover, recover. I need to take this uh, home and I need to recover. So just to get a chance to be able to transmit something to someone else. And I love that, you know, Step 12 said, we try, and that's a very important uh, uh, word. You know, all I am required is to try and carry this message. I, you know, and this, what we read today, is aimed for someone like me who is self-centered and falls into ego, you know, that maybe I can help someone. And for me, helping someone is, means I'm going to save them. 
I I I love the. You know, I don't understand why when God gave titles, I was not given like a higher title than just being human. I think I should have been given like being maybe a, some sort of a godly creature. Uh, I don't under. I think I know everything. I think I I have the answers. I have powers and energies, <laughs> you know. And so, and that's ego. That's I need to really watch out for that. And um, people were talking. All I need to do is remember my own experience. No one, you know, for 12 years I tried to get so many different sponsors because they recover, because they were thin, because they spoke spiritually. I would have people. I thought somehow it, it's contagious. I'm gonna get it because they have it. But my experience is. No, I had to be completely flat out on the ground, defeated by, and and for me, it was not just the weight. It was the insanity of this disease and the obsession and the involvement, losing weight, gaining weight, this diet, that diet, maybe this thing, maybe that. I, I'm, I was tired at the end. I was so tired. I was willing to do anything anyone said. I would just point a finger and pick a number uh, of someone who's recovered, and I didn't even care how they look like, what they recover, just tell me what to do. And that's the only place of complete surrender and defeat where I started to pick out of the hole and start recover and start to recover. And so I know today that there doesn't I can beat someone over the head. There's really nothing I can do to make them be at that place of I'll do anything you tell me, Liat. And it's not because you're God, because I have nothing left in me. And that's what helped me. I had to come to a place where there was nothing left in me. I had no ideas. I didn't know what to eat. I didn't know how to be. I was completely defeated. I love you all. Thank you. Thanks, Leah, TD. For those who just joined us, we are on page 90, studying in the big book today. On paragraph 3 is where we began. Sometimes it is wise. We read through two paragraphs that end at the top of page 91, for that might spoil matters. If you want to read ahead and share with us, it's now open again for those that want to discuss those particular paragraphs today. Reggio. Sherry. And then someone else. Nadia P. Nadia, hi. Michelle L. Michelle L. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Okay, we got it then. Reggie O., Sherry K.B., Nadia B., and Michelle L. Hello again, Reggie. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service, and uh, it's really great to be here on the phone with everybody this morning. I'm Reggie O., Great league recovered in the Los Angeles area, and um, sometimes it is wise to wait till he goes on a bench. You know, when I came into vision last, um, early last August, a year ago, um, I I came in because I had this great opportunity, and I was afraid I would blow it by picking up food sometime between then and when you know when it came around, which was a couple of months later. But I had a lot of preparation to do, and. Um, and so I, I was inspired to start listening to Vision, and um, so I listened to the, I listened to the 4 a.m. for me. I'm on the West Coast 4 a.m. meeting, uh, uh, the recordings for a week, and then I started waking up automatically at a quarter of four, uh, and listening until this meeting came around. But I, during that time, I thought, you know, I may or may not need to work the steps again. It had been a while. I had been, you know, going to meetings or in program. It had been a while, and. And then I picked up, you know, then I picked up sometime mid to late August and uh, started eating, started eating compulsively and binging again. And then I knew, I knew that I didn't have time to, uh, I didn't have time to wait until it was over. I had to do it then. And, you know, so that was the first part, you know, sometimes it's wise to wait until, you know, they go on a binge because then, you know, the, the readiness is going to come, will come at, often come at that time. And so I called someone, asked them if they would take me through the steps, and they said, well, you know, give me a call in three or four days. And, uh, you know, and if, you, if you're if you abstinent for that period of time and you still want to go through the process, I'd be happy to take you through. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know. But it, it was something about that that caused me to want it, you know, to want it so much because it wasn't – no one was trying to – this person, anyway – 
uh, was not trying to convince me of anything. They were just available if I was ready, which meant being abstinent, and uh, if I was ready to do the work. And that was that was amazing for me, and really glad to, you know, to read that again this morning because anytime. Uh, anyone tries. Anytime any, um, anyone tries to convince me of something, and I think it's just the human, you know, human nature. There's a reactivity. There's almost a kind of a pushback, you know. And uh, so that part about, uh, you know, being easy. I'm here. You know, I'm here. I'm totally wanting to help you if you're willing to recover. And I love that question. Ask him, her, if they want to quit for good, you know, that's, that's really a great question. I, I've not asked that to anyone that I've sponsored, but, you know, do you really want to, do you really want to quit for good? Is, you know, is this a diet or do you want to quit for good, you know, and, and what what are you willing to do to go through? Let's, let's see what this is all about. Um, so I think, you know, I, I'm going to stop with that, but, you know, it's it's about not being over anxious because that really can't, Spoil a spoil a situation, you know. Spoil a potential, and uh, so it's great, just great to be reading this, and great to be doing it in the community and this amazing message, you know, that I get to hear here every morning. So I'll pass with that. Thank you, Reggie O. Sherry K B. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry K B. in Northern California. Grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, Yes, I love these uh, sentences, too, um, especially when it says um, that he would go to any extreme to do so. If he says yes, then his attention should be drawn to you, a person who has recovered. Um, you know, when I talk to people, I've I've met my sponsees different ways. Um, I, I came through another um, branch of OA to um, do this work, and some people found out I was in doing it this way and called me and asked me about it. Um, I met somebody at a face-to-face meeting when I shared, and they came up to me and they said, you know, I'd like for you to sponsor me. And I said, great. When when do you want to get going? And they said, well, I'm really busy. <clears throat> you know, i got a lot to do, but I'm really busy. And so I handed them a card that had a Vision for You phone number on it with my name and, and phone number on the back um, and said, give me a call when you're not busy. Um and I said, and, you know, if you're interested in, in getting recovered, call me. Um, so that really, you know, really was a good way for me how I've done it because I don't believe in forcing it down somebody's throat. I kind of believe in a soft sell, you might say, uh, based on attraction rather than promotion. And um, just that, you know, I when I told my story, I talked about how I had been in another uh, food 12-step program and how... I was missing something. I I thought I had arrived once I'd lost all the weight, but there was something else that was missing that I couldn't describe that I felt a yearning for. And what it was was to go through these steps because I got to a place to where I realized that there was something more going on between my ears than there was about the food. And um, so lucky enough, I found somebody who would take me through these steps. And, you know, just that not to force myself onto somebody, um, and I like what it says, you might place this book where he can see it in the interval. And so what I think is about placing a card with the Vision for You phone number and say, hey, I've got a meeting here that you can listen to and see it for yourself. We unpack the big book, paragraph by paragraph. Check it out. Then give me a call. So I keep it um, a soft. I, I try to keep it soft, and I don't try to force it down somebody's throat. And just for people who are afraid of sponsoring, uh, I would be afraid not to sponsor because I know the only way I stay recovered is living in 10, 11, and 12, and 12 is working with others. And also there are straight directions in this book to follow, um, and you can do it too. And I'm so grateful to my higher power and to this group, and then I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Nadia B., you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive over here in Connecticut. And um, what this paragraph really reminds me of is powerlessness, you know. We admitted we were powerless over food, um, our disease, that, and our lives had become unmanageable. Nadia, you were so powerful, over, powerless over this disease. Um, you know, this is where steps um, come full circle for me, you know, um, I get to practice uh, this principle 
right of honesty and I uh, constantly have to admit my powerlessness over this disease even when you know when I really want to save the world that's my problem um, you know I have a lot of experience with my own disease and my own unmanageability uh, and today I know that I can't manage anyone else's recovery uh, because I have tried uh, to manage mine and uh, it didn't work. And so for me, you know, um, I always think, um, you know, what extremes did your disease take you to and what extremes are you willing to go um you know, to do so, to go to, in order to get better, you know, how did I get here? How did I get from my grandma's, uh, you know, homemade pancake, a smell of cocoa in the morning, uh, you know, this harmless, loving, fuzzy feeling to the fear of dying, to the remorse and horror and hopelessness of the next morning. Uh, to the, you know, to the uncontrollable races of um, of my mind, to impending calamity, to, you know, going, gaining and losing the same, you know, 70, 80 pounds over and over again, to the fear of my stomach exploding and praying on the, on the toilet bowl, um, you know, to just that I don't have a stroke when I'm puking, although it's disgusting, but that's the the grip that my disease took me uh, and the bottoms that I've gone to. Um, that's my experiences. So what extremes are you willing to do, to go to? Are you willing to learn from this ex- experiences? Are you done? Um, and that's the question that I was asked. And, um, you know, I was asked to think about, meditate on, and I'm so grateful I um, got to um, survive this disease and so grateful for recovery today and for all of you. Thank you so much with that all pass. Melanie, you there? I am, and you caught me. This is my second time, Charles. You caught me muted. Thank you for the help. Michelle L., you're next. Hi, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Uh, Good morning, everybody. This is Michelle L., uh, recovered in Delaware. And I was just um, thinking about, I was reading yesterday with my sponsee about um, there is a solution, and the bottom of page 24 talks about um, when this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he's probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, he may die or go permanently insane. And I did like the analogy of this disease, like being kicked over and over by a rabbit. Um, that's how I felt. And it was insanity. It really was insanity. I, I didn't feel like I was going to die imminently because my um, body size, my weight didn't uh, really change. But what I had to do to maintain a normal body size was getting less and less sustainable. And um, where I was going in, <laughs> where I was going with trying to do that was getting more and more insane. Um, Adderall, enemas, running 10 miles, whatever, you name it. It was insanity. Um, And so there's a lot here that, you know, other people, only each individual knows how desperate they are. I really can't judge, you know, anybody else's um, place like in terms of the binging and and how bad it's getting for them. I think um, we all, we just all have to, like they say, identify ourselves. And um, I was desperate and I 
do need someone desperate. I do need to work with someone who's des- equally as desperate. I know that for me, I've had, um, I'm newly recovered. I'm about four months abstinent. And um, yeah, I actually have had two two sponsors in that process who have relapsed. And um, in my prior recovery, I've had a few as well. And it does shake my foundation, but um, not enough to stop. I got to look for somebody else um, because I need a sponsor and I need to sponsor. And um, I am willing to keep going to any lengths uh, for my recovery because it just feels so much better than the alternative today. And okay. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Time looks like it'll allow for three more people to share on page 90, paragraph three and four. Who would like to take those three spots? Garrison. Melissa C. Garrison. And Melissa C. One more bit. We should round this out. I'll see what we come to then. Do I hear somebody else? Jarrison, do you want to go Uh, first, please? And then Melissa. Oh, I crashed Charles on number three. Thank you. Star one, Garrison. Okay, I just did that. Um, okay, hi, I'm Garrison. I'm a compulsive overeater, and um, I um, haven't shared on this meeting in a long time, and um, I don't have a sponsor, and I've heard so much good good stuff today because um, I've been sort of walking around in fear of, like, um, a sponsor being, like, overly zealous and overly attached to me and, like, you know, I think that's probably just my disease talking. Um, I've heard today that, um, you know, if you're, if you're like too busy, obviously you're not ready. Um, I'm, and I worry at times, you know, I'm not too busy. I mean, I, I, whatever, we're all busy, but I mean, I'm not too busy. I want to recover. Um, and, um, I, um, but like I, when I came back into OA um, about seven or eight months ago and um, got a sponsor um, who I, I parted ways with a few weeks ago, um, I the same thing I asked her then, I'm like feeling like I need to say now, and it's weird, but, you know, like, is it bad enough? And I don't want to have to have my life get worse. Like, I've had a lot of – I've had a bad road with this illness, um, bad enough for me. Um, but like right now, you know, I've been abstinent, um, for a couple of months and, you know, the unrecovered part of me is that, you know, I have a mental obsession still about food and I'm not recovered and I don't have freedom. And, um, you know, I was just away at my mom's house and, you know, her reflection on our visit was like, oh, my God, you know, I didn't realize how important food was, you know, for you, like, all day long, you know, well, we've got to eat by this time, by this time, da 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 And, um, you know, I just, I don't want it to be like that. And um, so I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to open myself up, and um, and um, I definitely have willingness. I don't want to be driven around by food anymore, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity to share. Thank you. Thank you, Garrison. Melissa C., you're next. Hi. Good morning, Melanie. Can I be heard? You can. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Good morning, Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I'm thinking a lot about um, that lucid interval and, um, and, and reflecting on someone had asked a question, you know, earlier today, um, you know, alluding that do I have do they have to be three hundred pounds for that lucid interval. And um and maybe maybe yes and maybe no. That's um you know, and I, I can speak for myself that my high weight was not my moment of of it wasn't the lucid interval. It wasn't the moment that I had clarity in between. I had uh, certainly a necessity 
<laughs> you know, for this for this program of recovery. But my real moment when I was clear that um, I was sick, um, I had I wasn't at my top weight anymore. I had I had lost a chunk of weight and. I wasn't even eating sugar anymore, and I wasn't eating this anymore, and I wasn't eating that anymore, and um, and yet I was still um, out of my mind, and 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 I was um, eating stuff that I thought wasn't a problem for me, but I was eating it in quantities that were problematic, and I was terrified, you know, and I knew I was out of ideas. Um, and, you know, the, uh, God is just incredible because um, I was fresh off shoving shredded wheat cereal down my throat. The inside of my mouth was cut to shreds. And I ran into somebody um, in, a, in, a, in a home store, like a home repair store. Um, and my, my moment of clarity was I didn't duck down the other aisle in shame. You know, other days I would have, but somehow I was clear enough at that second to go over to her, and I knew she was a recovered person, and she saw it in my eyes. She gave me her number. You know, I don't know if she knew that I was coming around the bend or she keeps her number ready for people, but she handed me her number. She put it in my hand, and she held my hand, and she looked me in the eye, and she said, call me. And that was it. You know, I, I was in pain enough to take that number. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Charles H., it's your turn. Maybe you can take the meeting out. Thank you, Melanie. Um, Charles H., a recovered composer overeater. What a great um, meeting. Uh, I, I just want to say that a sponsor is not Superman and even if they were they would have to stay away from kryptonite what I'm saying is um, these instructions are so great you know what what, what I ask proteges is what, what do you want from me after I finish listening to what they say because I got to listen to what they I, what do you want from me and if I can't give it to you I'll tell you straight out because I don't want to waste your time you know all I have is this I'm one man with this book in my hand, and and, and um, I ain't twisting nobody's arm. You could be on your deathbed and 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 still be like, get away from me, like Harlan said this morning. We don't go around um, evangelizing. It, it just don't work, you know. And, and, and you know, and, and I'm mad enough to say, hey, I can't, I can't help you at all because it just, it's just not a good match. And it's just being real. It ain't being cold. When I when I first started reading page ninety six and ninety, we find it a waste of time working with somebody. It, it, it sounded cold, and 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 I went against that, and I was like trying to preach to you, like you know, you know, you need this. I don't know what you need today, and it's just by studying this text, you know, over and over and over, and all the ifs, and and and, and thank you, Lynn, for telling me about the sixty two ifs. I didn't pay attention to all that stuff. I'm like, yo, these this from nineteen thirty nine. What do they know? They're dead already. Those people were the real visionaries. They were the real MVP because this thing is coming to fruition. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you need, but if you need something and we're, and we're compatible, then maybe we could work together. But like I said earlier, and I'm going to close with this because part of sharing is sharing time. I never want that three-minute bell to hit me. So working with others only work when others work with others, and with that I pass. Well, there you go. You have plenty of time. Who would like to take the last two minutes before we close today to take us to the end? Hello, this is Jane. I'd like to share. Oh, thanks, Jane. That'll be great. Okay. Go right ahead. Um, yeah, hi, I'm Jane, a recovered food addict. Um, great topic and sharing on the um, big book. Um, you know, it reminds me a lot of my... Uh, no matter what I did when I was trying to hit bottom and I couldn't, and it didn't matter what the perfect sponsor could have came along. Super, Superman, nothing could have gotten me abstinent because I wasn't ready and I wanted to be ready. I wanted to force my will. And I didn't want to give up my will. I just wanted to force my will and force this recovery. And um, it's when I stopped fighting. It's really when I stopped fighting that I get well. And, you know, for me, the most important thing in 
helping someone with the big book is to get out of the way and let God, let the big book teach. Because I am not the solution. I have to remember that. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm just another person who's recovering and I am not going to be able to be the one to, to, to give them the message. It's the big book that's going to speak to them through the words and we're just facilitating it. Um, you know, we, 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 we spend a lot of time trying to, I mean, I wasted a lot of time trying to figure out how to get ready and how to be ready and how to get the right sponsee. And, you know, when the teacher is ready, the, uh, the st- when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. That's how it was. It's always worked that way. And ever I was desperate, the right person came along that very minute. I never had to plan it. It just happened. Um, God made it so. And, um, you know, all I know is that today um, it's God that's keeping me abstinent and um, that's God that's keeping me sane. And the big book, and this, these are just tools and, and the, the instruction manual to get well. But we're not, we're not God, you know. And, you know, the thing is, Bill W., the main thing is to stay abstinent and to help another compulsive O-reader. Our, that is our purpose, not to be successful at it, but to, to be carrying the message. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks. Jane, for coming in, too, for the last couple of minutes. And that takes us to the end of the recorded portion of this big book study, and we will continue with additional after-closing in the serenity prayer. Thank you, everyone, who shared today. We will now close this portion with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Ashley P., would you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Star one. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Uh, Can I be heard? You can. Okay, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to, to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Thanks.